PS, the Puget Sound podcast, where we're talking to members of our campus community about their Puget Sound experiences. I'm Elena Becker, and my guest today is Ali Vidal-Meza, a junior from Lima, Peru. I also want to note that the Puget Sound podcast is going to be taking a brief summer break. So we're going to take two weeks off, and we'll be back in your feed in the middle of July. As always, our podcast episodes are recorded and produced by Moonyard Studio in Tacoma. Here's Ali. Ali, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I want to start off by asking you about if you think way back to your first year of college, how did you come to Puget Sound? Right? Let's begin at the beginning. What did you think about when you thought about going to college and then how did you end up here? Oh, okay. Um, so I transferred to Puget Sound, so it's not where I started actually. And my kind of how I found my way to Puget Sound, the story's long and I can start way back. I always, when I try to explain it, I always say, well, this happened before. And well, this is what kind of led me there. And it's a long story, but I think it starts back in my high school. Like before I was, went to a competitive high school abroad. So it was an international high school, um, K to 12. And very from the beginning, ninth grade, we were kind of told of U.S. colleges and foreign colleges. And that's where our education kind of prepped us for. So I always knew I was going to go to college abroad. And I had been, meanwhile, since before I was born, my parents had been trying to um, get the U.S. green card. And I was in the process of filing out all that paperwork throughout my life. And by the time I got to, I want to say junior year, I had received like a notice that I had been able to get that green card, get that visa. And I had to relocate to the U.S. So I had to graduate high school early and I did. I picked up extra courses throughout the summer and during the school year. And I kind of um, try to hurry along to graduate a semester early and get to college early. And I knew that I wanted to go to a big research school. My whole time in high school, I wanted a big research school. I was super into STEM. I think it wasn't a genuine interest, I want to say now, but I was really into the idea of being into STEM. And how I got into STEM is actually quite funny. Um, that's another story. Um, I love to talk, by the way. So You're the perfect <laughs> guest for this. <laughs> um, so when I was in ninth grade, I think all my stories start a little bit well, this led to that and this led to that. Um, when I was in ninth grade, I had this independent project for humanities class and I was looking around and I realized that in my school that was really competitive and seemed really kind of students empowering each other, not in a healthy way always, but mm-hmm. in a way of pushing each other. I noticed that girls weren't going into STEM. So I made this entire project of interviewing young girls up to 12th grade. And then from that, I started a service organization that was going into classes to, in my school to teach young girls STEM through the arts, kind of linking two concepts to make it more accessible and more fun. And then I did that in my free time. And I was really into the idea of being a woman in STEM because it seemed like such a fun thing to do. So in the weekends, yes, on Friday and Saturday and Sunday, I would go to a synthetic biology lab as part of like high school team and just do research in a college lab and I was so into it I 
love the idea of just being in the lab. And then I got to senior year and I realized that I wanted to do something maybe with social sciences. And I still wanted a research school because I was always drawn to this idea of if it was not in the lab, maybe it was field work. And I applied to a big state public university in New England. And that's where I went for my first year. And I realized soon after that I had really enjoyed in high school that environment of, yes, it was competitive, but I had a support network with my teachers. My teachers were always there for me and I had a really close relationship. It was a small school. So my teachers were really like hands on with like what I was doing after school and I could go during lunchtime and I could just drop into the classroom. And I think that's kind of the experience that a lot of people have at Puget Sound when I talked to them back in high school. And then when I got to this big school, I realized that along with that competitive atmosphere for students, I didn't have that support network anymore for teachers. So I was just kind of lost. Um, I didn't really know. I had gone in with a declared major in political science, and then I realized that I didn't want to do political science. And I took two econ courses because enrollment, I was in a little late enrollment period, and those were the two that fit my schedule. And I ended up declaring an econ major. And what drew me to Puget Sound was the Pacific Northwest. My sister lives in Oregon first. That's how I ended up looking at Washington. I had never been to Washington. Um, so uh, I looked at Washington and then I looked at the econ department and I sent in an email. This was July of the summer, right before I started. And I sent out an email to an admissions counselor saying, hey, can I still send in an application for the fall? And right away, I'm a huge, like, I think I place too much weight in how people respond to emails. I love how people, how kind people are. And I take like a lot of face value at that. And I right away got such a good feeling from how kind uh, my admissions counselor was responding and saying, yes, right away, apply or review it. We'll send a decision letter um, telling me whether we, we accepted or rejected you. I don't think they said it that way, but I knew right away that I could apply. And so I did. And that's how I ended up at Puget Sound. I'm sorry, that was a really long answer. No, that was great. And I actually have a couple of follow-up questions about it. Yeah. One of them is, can you just talk a little bit more about the experience of realizing that you wanted to transfer? Because I think oftentimes that is a really hard thing, especially for a student who hasn't quite yet decided to do it, but who is sensing that maybe something is not quite right in the place that they ended up. Getting from feeling that way to actually like taking the plunge and switching, I think is oftentimes kind of a hard thing to do. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I my closest friends at Puget Sound, I met them through transfer orientation, and which was such a lovely event, by the way. Um, I'm gonna ask and, you about that too later. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and I met them through transfer orientation like that one day, and they all have spoken about that same thing about taking the plunge and like being able to say like this is not where I see myself especially considering that when you commit to college you're like the next four years of your life seem pretty clear and I'm a huge person for plans I have excel spreadsheets color-coded a little bit too much so it hurt when I started to transfer I had to drag that to the bin trash bin and I was like that's my courses were all mapped out and I realized that that was not the fit for me. Um, I think the first way I kind of saw myself not being there anymore was like location-wise. 
It was a very small town and I've always grown up in cities. I've moved around since I was young. So I never thought that moving to a small town would be any different, but it just felt like moving again. But when I reached this really small area, just plain field land, no buildings, I realized that I really missed being in a city where people are moving around and you have other opportunities and there's just kind of different, sounds cliche, but different stories going around, different ways to connect with people in different communities. And I took that first like experience to look at really big cities, but then I obviously sat down and I thought about it again and realized that maybe it wasn't a really small, big city vibes that I wanted, but something mid-sized. Mm-hmm. So that kind of eliminated all these big schools that I was looking at. And then I switched to looking at the classroom experience and looking at what was missing there. Um, really into academics. I think everyone who's in Puget Sound really is into academics. Um, the conversations are just, I compare them back to other classrooms. And I feel like, again, cliche, but I learn a lot from my peers. I really do feel like there's a collaborative learning environment. And being in a big school, I didn't have that. There was no back and forth. It was you raised your hand and if you spoke into the auditorium, it was normally for a yes or no question. Mm-hmm. And if you had that small um, section, I forget now how it's called, but basically a discussion class once a week. It was 10 people from your classroom and you never really got to know what everyone else was thinking about. And that was really hard for me just because I'm a huge collaborative learning person and I learn a lot from going back and forth and ideas and just growing from there. So when I realized that wasn't happening in that classroom, uh, I kind of turned to look at liberal arts schools and I didn't know anyone who had ever gone to liberal arts schools. None of my close family members, everyone just had never had that experience. So selling the liberal arts and how I say selling them because kind of showing them to my parents and being like, this is where I want to transfer. This is what I want to do now. Um, was another experience. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's how I kind of took that plunge because mostly location and then academics. How did you actually do that research? What was useful to you as you were narrowing in on, okay, here are the things I think that I want. And then how do I find out which schools have them? Um, I knew right away that I wanted something with economics and I, from there, looked up econ departments and econ papers. I love to read papers in my free time. I read way too many papers that later, I think as I take courses, I'm able to kind of refile in my brain and understand for the first time. So it's kind of those growing experience. Um, And I had read a paper from Puget Sound, a senior thesis paper that was on evaluating the Amazon as a carbon sink. Um, And the Amazon rainforest and a whole nother story. I've now been able to kind of dive into it deeper at Puget Sound. But I read this paper and I thought it was so interesting. So I went back on the website and I looked for other senior thesis papers in that year. And then I landed on the Puget Sound website and I looked at all these other papers and I was like, wow, they're doing a lot of interesting things. So I knew at that point that I wanted to transfer. I didn't know where. So I started looking at the courses offered and a lot of them like 
intrigued me. And then I looked at the academic programs. Like I'm just thinking back at the website tab and the academic programs. There was global development studies. There was environmental policy and decision making. I'm looking at international political economy. There were a lot of different like options. But as I looked into the courses, even if I didn't see myself majoring in it, I thought, wow, this is so interesting. And if I had the opportunity to take this and being in a research school at that point, there was no like likely moment that I could take courses just for fun uh, because I kind of knew because of my whole preparation with Excel spreadsheets I knew that just <laughs> my course numbers that I had to take perfectly fit it with the number of courses I had to take for a major because there was not a lot of flexibility and even within my major of being an econ major at that school I wouldn't have been able to take courses outside and still graduate on time and I think that's one of the things that like looking at Puget Sound I was able to see yes there are all these courses. And when I looked at like major requirements, I was, I saw at the bottom that there was options to double count with other majors. And that was something that I had seen at my school that I was at. So I immediately, I looked at Puget Sound as a school that was favorable to double major. And as someone who's in this process of always changing what she likes and what she wants to study more of, I saw double majoring as like, maybe an academic exploration that I'd be interested in following. And why is the academic exploration interested in following is because whenever I bring dinner table topics in my house are so common. And I think this whole process of transferring was hugely discussed in my family. Uh, my, both my sisters transferred as well. So it wasn't something that was new, but it was something that my parents definitely wanted me to speak and think critically about. So my mom often jokes, she's always making fun of me for changing what I like and changing what I want. And she thinks it's great, but always was, how is she going to pick a major? Um, what is she going to major? And if she always changes what she likes. So then when I, when I finally found that school as being double, it's not to be double major friendly, I knew that's possibly where I wanted to apply to. So after you, do all that work, right? You, you do all this research and you decide that this is the place you want to be and you get in and you commit. Can you tell me a little bit about actually transitioning to be here and about what maybe your first day on campus was like, what transfer orientation is like? Yeah, so it was a very exciting process getting in, committing. And when I arrived to SeaTac, it was my first time being in Washington, being in Seattle. And when I arrived to campus, I realized how small it was and how nice and just kind of compact mm -hmm. um and trying to find I lived in freshman residence my first year here at Puget Sound which is right now um I just finished my first year even though I was a transfer so trying to find AL Anderson Langdon yes um trying to find Anderson Langdon <laughs> I always called it AL so I never really knew in fact nobody calls it Anderson Langdon everybody calls it AL there would be no reason for you to know the whole name <laughs> yeah. um, well, I lived over in the Anderson side so I never really also took into notice <laughs> Langdon but when I tried to find AL I remember just my sister had picked me up from the airport and drove me to campus. And she's my older sister. She's, both my sisters were there actually. I don't know why I kind of make them one person. Um, <laughs> both my sisters were there. And one of them is eight years older than me and the other one six years older than me. So they're both very excited to be back in orientation, back in college. 
they they were just they seemed as freshmen as I seemed as a freshman, even though I was a transfer and they were my older sisters. Um, and we were just very excited to be there. And we had my suitcases, which were all packed from arriving from Lima, Peru. So they're my older sisters. They kind of bugged me and they pushed me to go up to this person and ask them for directions as to where AL was. And they thought they were uh, a trans, an orientation um, I forget how they're called, but people who help out in orientation, orientation leader. people, a leader. And they thought there was an orientation leader. They were an orientation leader. And they asked me to go up to them and ask them for directions and for like all these different, like, where do I drop this off? Where do we park? And just very excitedly, I went up to them. And my sisters apparently already knew that they weren't an orientation leader. They had just <laughs> played a prank on me. And I go up to this person and I make a fool out of myself asking all these questions and being very excited introducing myself just immediately um going up very friendly and they very kindly turn to me and say I'm just moving in as well I'm actually in my dorm just pulling my bags as well and I apologize so much I just go I'm sorry I'm sorry totally my bad I made a mistake and they were nice enough to be like, no, but this is where I think you should go. And this is who you should check in with. And this is probably where like you want to go park your car. And they were really nice. And I think that was my first interaction with someone at Future Sound who was also moving in. But the fact that they were so willing to, even in an awkward situation, make the best of it and just be helpful. I think that's what speaks to like, the vibes and the energy I found with people at Puget Sound throughout my semester and half on campus. Um, and that was exciting. So that knowing that I had found that type of people or that type of energy right off the bat, I was going into orientation week, just looking forward to it. And I had heard a lot about orientation week. I had read a lot about it. I super love to read old uh, like little experience the stories on the Puget Sound blog so I had gone into orientation already knowing kind of what to expect but even with all that it was incredibly to see it firsthand we were able like I had a first year orientation group so everyone else in my group was a first year but I was there as a sophomore as a transfer so I was the only person who was a transfer in that group, but I never felt like none of the experiences were for me, which I think is one of the fears that as transfer students we had was if we were getting placed into freshman orientation groups, would it be an ex like a redo of what we had done before? But I had such a great time. I think the first day we went around Tacoma, got to know the museums. Second day, went to the aquarium in Seattle and then the zoo in Point Defiance. And the third day we went to Mount Rainier. So it was just like the best introduction to Washington and the surrounding area. And everyone in my group being in the car all day, like moving around, you just get to know everyone. And one of the people I met in orientation ended up being my co-host for a radio show in KUPS. So it was just amazing. And then after that, we had a different day set out, set aside for transfer students which was transfer orientation, which was only transfer 
in a room basically getting to know about the university, which was also exciting because I hadn't met anyone who was a transfer student at that point. So in my mind, I think way back, I was thinking, wow, it's going to be so rough after I had that first year orientation to meet other people and meet other transfers. And how will I make that jump? But when I got to that room, I think we all said our names and it just felt like it might have not been the most interactive, like um, academic experience at first, but then everyone, I think, as transfers and as the Puget Sound environment was willing to go up and talk to each other and just kind of um, make the most of it, I guess, even if we were in an academic setting, which was just a presentation. This was at the beginning of the day. I should clear that up. Later in the day, it was very interactive. Um, <laughs> in the beginning of the day, like any orientation, you are learning about the department and about how to declare a major and how to get an advisor. So not the most um, orientation activity-like um, activity, but it was so much fun to get to know everyone around me. And then we had a little break. So I went to the bookstore and I that's where I randomly met my best friends now at Puget Sound, just from that transfer orientation activity. Uh, we were all lost at the bookstore. So we all kind of found our way and we were like, hey, you're in the transfer group, you're in the transfer group. And just standing around being a total inconvenience to everyone else who was around us and trying to get <laughs> through us, we became friends. Um, and then after that, we had our interactive transfer activity, which until now I laugh about so much. It was, um, we were split up into a couple of different groups and we had a treasure hunt around Tacoma. And everyone was in a van trying to get the most points, driving around, um, getting to know each other. And my group, we thought we were secretly competitive and we thought we were still going to pull through and win. But we had coffee stops and we had like just scenic walks around. We came in last, um, but we really had the most fun. And I met a lot of cool people in that group. Um, so yeah, transfer orientation was a total blast. What do bakeries, industrial design, waterproof notebook paper, and investment management for cryptocurrencies have to do with each other? Hi, I'm Ryan Del Rosario, Assistant Director of Admission and School of Music Admission Coordinator. All four of the things I listed are businesses that were founded by entrepreneurial Puget Sound alums, and you can find out more at pugetsound.edu stories. Now back to P.S., the Puget Sound podcast. you about kind of how the year unrolled just in terms of your expectations you mentioned that you had figured out at your previous institution that you liked econ and then I know that you are now an econ major and you mentioned that you were looking into a double major and I believe that you are now a double major and I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that yes um so finding my double major was a process as well and I think I say that a lot everything is a process um so I was majoring I think in my other institution to be a little bit more exact I was majoring in natural and environmental resource economics so it's very applied towards just the environment and that's exciting for me I love the environment I love talking about sustainability and from more of a perspective of being from abroad I've connected a lot with climate change so sure. Can you say a little 
more about what you you mean when you say you've lived abroad and so you have this focus on climate change? Yes. So I think I have more of a focus on resource scarcity than climate change. And obviously climate change has aggravated that for a lot of people. Um, but I grew up in these middle income countries, I would say, now with that vocabulary um, of a GDS minor as well. Um, so I grew up in Bolivia and Venezuela, mostly. And then shortly after, I moved to back to Peru, Lima, Peru. So growing up in these countries that were kind of natural resource development driven, there was a lot of talk always about the resources that were available, how best to position the country. And that might seem really, really strange because I was very young to have heard that, but I was always listening to the radio and that's kind of the talk that's always going on. So from a young age, I took consciousness that there was an oil market and there was a mining market and there was a metal market and those were super important and how they were drying up and how new ones are being found because there was shifting um, sh shifting glaciers, shifting uh, lands um, being discovered, yeah, earthquakes, um, and how the more exploration was happening due to our changing environment. So that idea of there's an environment that's not constant and there's a resource, there's a resource base that cannot be conserved was always present in how I viewed, well, there's development, but it might not last for a long time. And my dad's job was always related to that. Um, he worked in banking. And now that I've taken development econ classes and econ classes, I know a lot about financial institutions being set in place to kind of protect that or help people or maybe not always help people. Um, yeah. And I took, I think, conscious of, consciousness of what that was most when I was in my senior year of high school, which I've mentioned before, when I chose to um, kind of steer from the STEM paths to social sciences, I did so after doing a presentation for my global politics class in high school on development in Peru. So I discovered this idea of what it means to develop a country from like this political framework. And when I was in college my first year in that other um, university, I first approached development from, well, the planet cannot develop infinitely. It's a small resource base. So I wanted to major in natural and environmental economics. So immediately I jumped into that major. And when I came to Puget Sound, there was no natural and environmental economics, but there was so many interesting courses in econ. And like I said, I read all those senior thesis papers that I was just immediately drawn to, well, I can study other things. And I immediately took gender in the economy. So from that class, which Professor Kate Sterling is one of my favorite professors, um, I should plug that in if you're considering taking any econ class. Maybe it should be gender in the econ for anyone listening. Um, but, and also development econ. I think I wrote that in the little blog page that was available in Meet the Students for this, um, remote learning period, but I took gender in the econ and I was able to, from that lens, kind of look at women through different development process, processes and 
steering in that direction, I decided, well, I want to major, um, double major maybe in environmental policy and decision making. But getting to that decision was very complicated for me. Um, I Now that I look back at it, I can say that was the moment I decided um, because I wanted something with an angle that was uh, women in conservation and women in restoration. Um, so I was thinking of econ, but maybe backing that up with EPDM. And when I got to Puget Sound, before I really talked it out with my advisor, I had declared uh, two minors in philosophy and politics and government. And I had never taken a philosophy course. I used to minor in philosophy because I was driven more by, I've said this in my earlier um, question, but I think I went, when I went to, um, when I chose, when I went down that STEM path, I was an ingenuine interest. And from that, like, I know you mentioned this before in other podcasts because I've listened to them, uh, but that endless, I wanted to be a pre-long um, student. So when I arrived to Puget Sound, I immediately picked philosophy as a minor. Mm-hmm. And this philosophy minor wasn't driven by anything other than, well, it sounds like something that could prepare me for law school. And that politics and government minor was because I was interested in politics, but also because it might help with law school. So when I made that decision, I feel like I'm speaking to different frameworks right now, to different time periods. When I made that decision, like, oh, I want to dive into EPDM, I knew I had to drop one of those minors because it was no longer, I could justify it in my head. Why am I interested in that other than um, and wanting to have an end list to fit my pre-law? And I think being able to recognize that was a huge moment for me as being a part of a Puget Sound student, just being able to be like, well, I'm not learning from a, from a great, like a genuine, honest place. And I've discovered other passions because I've actually connected with the material. So I went up, um, I remember sending out an email to Professor Rachel DeMott right before Thanksgiving break. She was totally amazing at meeting with me at the very last minute. And I remember stepping to her office and saying, well, I'm considering a minor. Could I do a double major? And she was like, totally, you can do it. Um, she looked at what I had working right now. She spoke to me about what I had to do later on and kind of worked out like with me in conversation how it would play out. So I went to the office of um, academic advising, I'm guessing, and I filled out the form and I dropped my minor in philosophy, declared a double major and kept my politics and government minor. And I really thought I was going to keep that. Like I mentioned, I'm a goal development studies minor. And by how much I talk about development, I think it would have been super logical for me to declare global development studies minor earlier but I kind of kept that politics and government because I had had such an amazing experience in intro to political theory with Professor Elisa Kessel and I wanted to continue uh, PNG or PG and I realized when I was taking development economics and when I was drafting uh, my research paper for the summer drafting my proposal that I might be more interested in GDS minor and talking to other GDS students who, this is another story that I think shows that Puget Sound um, friendliness, talking to random students, really, um, I decided to declare this minor. I'm sorry, that was a really long answer, but I hope that explains how I ended up in those programs. No, I think that's great. You sort of said this, but 
part of what your answer illustrates is one of the reasons why someone would go to a liberal arts college, right? You kind of can pick and choose all these things that you're interested in from a lot of different places and put them together in a way that makes the world. all of our conversations by asking everybody the same four questions. First question is, what's your favorite place on campus? I think for studying, I can say because I love all campus, but for studying, I love going to Oppenheimer in the mornings and grabbing a matcha latte or a latte, then going to Collins Library in the afternoons or a diversions cafe to study. So love all campus, but for studying, those are two spots question is what are you reading right now i have just finished reading factfulness um and i have started reading i want to say it's underthinking and rethinking development it's this book that i couldn't quite find on goodreads so i'll have to get back on that one but it's a great book just gotten into it so can't say much third question is what is the best place to eat in tacoma i would say that Maybe not. I haven't really eaten much in Tacoma, but the best, most friendly place close to campus, that Bento Box Place, right? Bento Place, right? The end of the street. It's the corner of Sixth and Alder. Yes. That lady is super kind, super nice, and just love going there. Lastly, why is Puget Sound special? I think the people, the people are great, and the opportunities to just follow what you want to do, but still receive guidance is amazing. Thank you for joining me on the Puget Sound podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to PS, the Puget Sound podcast. If you're interested in applying to or visiting Puget Sound, you can find out more at pugetsound.edu slash admission. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at UNIV, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. I'm Elena Becker, and we'll see you next time for PS, the Puget Sound podcast.